welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheen and I'm joined here by Kevin O'Carroll and Jonathan Marcy. Welcome to Hey Look Listen. So we're trying out new jingles, are we? Oh, okay. That's I interesting. Just, that just happened. I couldn't stop it. I don't know Perfect. It and we feel good about it? I, don't, I haven't felt good anything about anything since like <laughs> 2007. That's is, there more, is, is there more to it? Is there, was that it? There must be more. I feel, I feel, there's got to be like there's a rap verse I think you said there was a rap verse earlier Liam if you could give that to us now wiki wiki hey wiki hey look listen <laughs> no, that was somehow that was somehow both okay. better and worse than I was expecting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lads how are you doing John it's been a few weeks since you've managed to make it on uh, the podcast you have anything um in life to tell us uh, yes. <laughs> it's very, the podcast got a lot more personal. Such a loaded question <laughs> since I was last on it. Uh, no, just uh, no. I was busy. I'm sorry about that, Liam. No, uh, no, I didn't uh, say it in that kind of accusatory way. <laughs> kind of did. I didn't it's really nice as well. Um, no, uh, good to be back. Um, I listened to the episodes, folks. They were fantastic, um, as they always are. Um, I've just. I have been. Are we doing? Can I tie this into what I'm playing as well? Just keep going. Just yeah. Organic, give me, love give it. The, give me the green light there. Um, um, I have been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which you all know. Oh, yes. Um, because I've been texting about it and been excited about it. I've only played one Final Fantasy game before, and that was Final Fantasy IX, which viewers of this podcast, all six of them, they would remember if they listened to the episode. Uh, I loved it. Final Fantasy IX was fantastic. Um, I didn't obviously get the nostalgia hit off of it, so it was just like, I had to kind of like, you know, appreciate it for what it was probably back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't need to do that. Uh, it's just fucking really, really good. Uh, I had gone through this like little patch of a few months, which again, I think I'd asked Liam, I think I texted him a bunch of times actually, um, struggling with open world games. Um, like I've been playing Horizon, which is good. I know Kev, you're a fan of it. it it's, it's almost not the game's fault. I think you put like 15, 16 hours into it. And then just one quest was like, oh, you actually have to go back to where you came from. Uh, is that okay? And I was like, it's not, uh, actually. Uh, and I'm going to turn it off. Uh, and I haven't done this in years. I deleted it right away. I was like, no, fuck it. I hate it. Um, totally totally fair. Yeah, but it is it is a really good game. I'll definitely go back to it. Like it's, it, it really is. Um, but uh, Final Fantasy VII, like, it just has everything you want in a video game. It's the story is fantastic. Uh, the music is absolutely fucking incredible. Um, yeah. Again, now, like, again, I'm new to this, so it's all so fresh to me. But I can obviously tell when they're harking back to the older games. You can hear the kind of you know it's more like lower quality kind of music, or whatever you know, different bit, etc. Um, but it's unbelievable. I've listened to it on Spotify a lot as well <laughs> because it's just a nice thing to listen to when you're reading and shit. Um, and obviously I love dressing up as women and dancing with women dressed up as bees in my games as well. So that's been uh, very nice uh, to have in the game as well. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's obviously a very tired trope. It shows up in a lot of games, but I do think Final Fantasy VII Remake does it the best. It does, yeah. Very fresh take on it. Uh, and fighting a giant house as well. That was also mm-hmm. very normal. Um, but no, I love it. Uh, I'm, I think I'm on Chapter 15 now, so I should hopefully finish okay. in the next few days. But already thinking about what's the next Final Fantasy. I'm thinking 10. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yep. Choice. People, yep. people have told me, yeah, yeah, great love story in that, apparently. So, That's from Final Fantasy said, Mar, so you can enjoy that later. Yeah, no, I just... I I've got a song of my heart in this episode. Yeah, you said, I don't know what's happening. Like nine minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought we agreed that we weren't doing the musical episode this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't think that was an accent, did you? 
he does it accidentally. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can. Always... Well, see, it's in Japanese, the original. Yeah. What's anyway, that, what's I... that sound like? You can hear Marcy. Is that the is that the editor's scissors sniffing that last bit out? <laughs> I am the editor. <laughs> Just the dull thud of that bit yeah. hitting the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been great. Uh, what about you guys? What are you playing? I'll actually bounce off from that, Kev, if you don't mind, since I'm yeah. also playing a Final Fantasy at the moment. I am playing the new Final Fantasy, the 16th iteration of the Final Fantasy series called Final Fantasy 16. And I am so far loving it, actually. I'm really, really liking it. Talking about this outside of the podcast, but it bears repeating. I think there's something very lucky, not really lucky, but something very good exactly when this game came out in, in relation to its own franchise, because it's so un, un Final Fantasy in a lot of ways, yet it's coming out in between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We're less than a year out from the second Final Fantasy VII game. So I'm, I know I'm going to get much more Final Fantasiness from that game in less than a year time. So yeah. completely sympathetical with what this game is doing and what it is and what it isn't. I'm really glad I knew exactly what it was going in, that this is a, a character action game, gameplay-wise. This is Devil May Cry over much, much more hours, you know. Um, no turn... Like, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I, I love its hybrid turn-based yeah. action action combat. I actually think it's class. I think it's the... So I, I said before that it's a square landing on something they've been trying to do for years, making yeah. the franchise more action and they, they found a perfect middle ground. So it's so odd that 16 has abandoned it yet luckily it's a very good action game uh, it takes a little bit too long for all your abilities to unlock there's kind of different without going into details of the story let's say stances you can go through that depends on what powers you can use and mm-hmm. i think it takes too long for you to get the maximum three uh which is when the combat really starts getting good when you're like zipping between all these different moves and stuff like that but um i'm loving it story-wise it's very the soundbite is game of thronesy it's political it's very self-serious, despite the fact that there's chocobos in it. It's the most, <laughs> it is the most kind of self-serious. I was going to say grounded. Of course, it's not grounded, but it's um, a very miserable fantasy. It's dark fantasy. Mm. There's like the world building is class. I, lo- I, I really like the characters in it. And it remains to be seen what I'm going to find about the, the finished product. But now that I'm like, I'm going to say halfway through, I don't know. Um, I'm loving it, and because I just played Tears of the Kingdom, I'm very happy to get a game that's like mostly linear as well. Yeah, uh, it's very linear. Like, especially Final Fantasy, 50, Final Fantasy 15, the previous one was um, an open world game, so I actually think it's quite novel to see a franchise do an open world game and then release another with the next one that's not open world. It's like, oh, good, they didn't do that. You think if some of those franchises becomes open world, that's it forever. <laughs> yeah, bigger, bigger and bigger. I suppose yeah. the, the like the the final third of 15 does get very yeah linear corridor for a bit it's also like by far the worst bit of that game yeah so it's good that they, they weren't put off by how badly they flowed that one and decided to do something linear that you know actually works this time around but i'm like i'm like all in on it right and i'm like really invested in the story and the characters and i think it has one of the best english localizations of a japanese game you're ever going to see the voice acting is amazing i think the voice acting is actually carrying a lot of it and the script writing that it's like just so well done but i will like admit if if seven years down the line i I like it's like you know touch wood we're still doing this no no but uh, but i look i i it turns out that the success of final fantasy 16 has made this be final fantasy's vibe i think i'll be disappointed I'm happy that yeah. this one 
feels like this. And Final Fantasy has gone dark before. Final Fantasy VI, despite being writ in 16-bit, you know, SNES graphics, you know, has main characters try to commit suicide. It has women and children dying by drinking poison river water. But Final Fantasy, that Final Fantasy also has a recurring villain who's a talking octopus who tries yeah. to put, who tries to push a big weight on you while you're doing an opera at one point. That's what, what yeah, yeah. So that's what this Final Fantasy doesn't have is that silly Japanese weirdness. And it's weird, I think Final Fantasy 15 is a beyond flawed game. Yeah, but playing this one has made me go like, do you remember like taking the piss out of I've come up with a new recipe and all the <laughs> and all the absolute like beautifully rendered food in it and like the ridiculous things in it and i do miss the ridiculousness a little bit yeah in one side of my brain and the other side of my brain is going that's not what this game is this is the serious dark fantasy final fantasy this is final fantasy by way of elder scrolls that's what this is and i say that even though there's things called icon battles in it which is basically when two summons from the franchise history are in big cinematic fights and gameplay wise they're hollow ish but my like i say that it's grounded self-serious not when that happens that's when it goes yeah, full it's... anime and it still has all that like i just did one there like i said like i kind of phased out during the gameplay a little bit it went on for too long but in terms of pure spectacle it was absolutely ridiculous and it was class and it was kind of hype and it had it's very very good soundtrack yeah and for the first time in the whole game during that fight electric guitar came on and i was like yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah I, okay. i'm getting i'm getting the final fantasy now i'm getting <laughs> From what I've seen in the coverage, the, um, these icon battles appear to be basically kaiju fights meets yep. Street Fighter. Sort of, yeah, yeah. There's two, yeah, energy bars. Two health bars, yeah, health bars on top, and it's massive um, kaiju. And a lot of it's cinematic, and there are quick time events. So you know, you gotta you fun. Gotta, yeah, so you gotta take all that. So I'm, I'm interested to see where the die lands on people's opinions of this game. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm actually loving it. Like, as in the first day I got it, I played it for I. I it was 11 hours. It was 11 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I am really, I am really enjoying it. But unlike the other two biggies that came out this year for me from my childhood, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4, I'm not quite... Like those two, I was just so hyperbolic. I was like, fucking heartbreaking masterpiece. I still think there is room for 16 to stumble down to an 8 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10. But right now, firmly in the 9 out of 10, I'm really, really enjoying it. But what a awesome. year for young Liam. Like, I know, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Do you well? I'll ask you again when you're finished Final Fantasy and say, has it like you know fulfilled your your, your expectations this year? But well, well it's such a good year for gaming anyway. Like even outside of the three I just named, like what, what else we got coming out? Starfield and uh, Diablo came out and well, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's yeah. Gate. It's, okay, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be like a major year for games, even outside of it's what those year. are my big three. You know, Kev, what are you playing? Yes, yeah, so I finished Tears of the Kingdom end of last week. Um, and I've like I've spoken about that at the start of the last I don't know a hundred episodes that we've recorded. It feels like now. Um, it it took me an absolute age to get through. I loved every moment of it. I kind of I got to the point where I had basically been given the final objective. It's just like you know go do this thing to end the game, and I was like okay, I'm gonna take a beat, have a look online, see you know. Of the, the sort of side stuff that I have done, how much more is there to do? And maybe, you know, start tactically working my way through some of that. And I was like, I have 116 shrines. How much more could there possibly be? <laughs> went online and checked. Went, no, I'm going straight to the end of the game now. <laughs> but did uh, you feel fulfilled with what you got? I did. I absolutely did. It's just like I looked at, at the list of stuff that was left for me. It was like, this game is beyond generous. Really? It's just, it's, there's it's, too oh, much, much content. Wow. Um there was just so much more for me to do. I was like, I 
the way I justified it to myself is like I'll, I'll leave it for either if a DLC gets announced, it'll be something for me to fill in, or my inevitable next playthrough. At least there'll still be a huge chunk of content that yeah. I haven't seen yet. Um, so I finished that off. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm really impressed with how well they stuck the landing. Um, the the story is fine. It's it's good. It's fine. Um, but there's a couple of nice sort of gameplay moments towards the end where they kind of wrap some of the, the sort of the narrative beats and themes of the game into actual gameplay. So it's not just watching cutscenes. Um, really enjoyed it. Came off the back of that as uh, Final Fantasy was releasing. I was like, I'm not ready to just start another 50 hour game because 100 hours in Tears of the Kingdom or whatever. You don't it's want like, to jump from Link to Clive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From one saucy, saucy swordsman to another. Yeah. Main character's called Clive. Clive. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. He's great. That's why no, okay. He's literally the sexiest man ever put in a video game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I didn't want to to go straight into Final Fantasy. I, I like more than likely will start it at some stage this week. But I was like, I will try knock out a couple of shorter uh, indie games. Just kind of broaden the palette a bit, try a couple of different things. So I went on to uh, Game Pass the Xbox subscription service that might get mentioned one or two more times this episode and download a few bits. And I played a game called XO1, which came out in 2021. And in XO1, you play as a little ball. You're a little ball guy. Um, I think he's a spaceship. It's not really explained. It doesn't matter. You're a little ball and you're on these alien planets and you're just zooping around and you basically have two controls. You have one button, and when you hold it, it increases gravity by a factor of 10 and just zoops you straight down to the surface. And you have the other button that you hold it when you're in the air, and the ball flattens out to like a frisbee, and you glide. And that's pretty much it. You just use the gravity power when you're going down hills to build up speed, launch off ramps, turn into the little disc guy, fly around. You navigate these planets as a series of eight levels or something. Each one just has a little blue marker for you to get to, and that's it. And it's just... It's just like movement, the video game. Is it one of these real, like a Cyanar Wild Hearts that you mentioned before, Liam? It's, it's just um, like a proper flow state game. It's just like the, the visuals, the, the controls, the soundtrack. You just get drawn into it. And all you're doing is just zooping down hills and flooping up in the air. It's great. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's about two hours long. Um, oh, cool. Nice. Really, I love, really I, love when I hear that and I literally go, class. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a quick oh. experience. Yeah. You have to spend yeah. 11 hours to go through one-sixth of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another game I played is called Planet of Lana that is a really excellent um, sort of puzzle platformer that I am not going to dwell on too much because I feel like we can talk about that at a future time. And Ooh. the third game is one that I'm playing now, and that is Amnesia the Bunker, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know if you know about this, Jonathan, this is a game that is absolutely i don't know what the opposite of, of up your alley is but like stay away from it don't google it <laughs> I, is, I know there was an older game called amnesia is it the same series uh yeah yeah it's the same series so there was amnesia the dark descent there was amnesia march of the pigs and machine of the pigs i think march of the pigs is actually a nine inch nail song um <laughs> like uh, dark descent I'm dark descent was the first one yeah what are you doing with your friday night john oh i'm playing a new video game it's called amnesia dark descent yeah. Why did that to yourself? I don't get that. So, terrified. Yeah, so this one is, is... Dark, dark Descent is when I spend the evening in with my dildo. 
I knew it'd be sexual. The minute, yeah. the minute you heard Dr. Senti was smiling, you just thought that at least a minute ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kevin. You didn't interrupt me when I was when I was doing my bit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's fine. This is this is gold, Jerry. <laughs> um yeah, so it's it's the amnesia games have always been these sort of uh first person horror games where you're kind of trapped in some sort of spoopy environment. It's very dark. There's something trying to kill you, and then usually it turns out that the something that's trying to kill you is like your shame or uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. the sins of your past, you know, standard horror fare. People who grew up playing Silent Hill 2 and thought, let's do that again. I'm all for it. Um, I don't know what the, the monster in Amnesia the Bunker is supposed to represent just yet, mm. other than potentially just my own human fears, because this game is fucking terrifying. Really? It is so stressful. It's so terrifying. They've gone through a semi-open world with it. You're trapped in a World War One bunker during the First World War. There's bombs falling. There's shells. You're you're sealed in. You uh, have amnesia, as the title suggests. So you have no idea what's going on or how you've been sealed in. You have like one central room in the bunker that's safe, the admin office, where you have a map of the bunker that you can fill in as you find new bits, and you have a generator. And you have to find cans of petrol around the place to power the generator to keep the lights on because the thing that's hunting you is less likely to come out in light. But the fuel only lasts maybe eight minutes real time at a time and exploring will usually take you 10 to 12 minutes at a run. So every time you go out to try and find something, it's just this race against time trying to find some key or key item or the code for the next door or something and trying to find it in such a way that you have enough time to get back alive um there's no auto saves you can only save in that admin office and it does sound stressful it is extremely stressful stressful. yeah are you all right uh yeah on average um but it's great i'm absolutely loving it i um I'm probably not going to play it after we record because we're recording in the evening and it will be dark by then. And I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. I'm glad someone finally made World War One scary. Yeah, it's been <laughs> too soft for too long. <laughs> that sounds very interesting, though. I'm actually almost jealous of your just slew of indie games because I've kind of committed myself to Final Fantasy. I think I'm going to do Mars. I think I'm going to do Seven Remake after I do mm. um, Sixteen because nice. I haven't done the, the PS5 DLC. I'm all up in the Final Fantasy at the moment. But anyway, shall we move on to the main bulk of the episode, which I think is more of a kind of a loosey-goosey, chatty episode. We're just kind of going to talk about the nature of the, the industry and modern gaming. I think the avenue we're getting to that is through subscriptions. Yeah. Paid subscriptions. Yeah. No idea what I'm going to title this episode. I'll probably ask you that after we're done. See what we'll, <laughs> we'll find out what we say. And I'm not even 100% sure what we're doing right now. <laughs> but yeah. But we've kind of... It's kind of been designated a subscription e- each, and we're just going to see where that goes, you know, how that creates a conversation. So, Kev, do you want to start off? Sure. I, th- yeah. I think the most notable modern subscription is the one that you were arbitrarily designated. Yeah. So, basically, I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to sort of definitively and factually sort out what the better console is. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, his, wow. his, 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 <laughs> like the current generation and all previous generations. Oh, based exclusively on the next about 45 minutes of three lads chatting and shite. So I think that's that's the most scientific way to do it. Um, basically, like, as you're saying, it's sort of, it's the nature of the video game industry at the moment is that the Netflix model or, or what have you has 
taken hold. Everybody's got a subscription service. Everyone wants that that recurring cash inflow. Um, and there is like a real um, like uh, difference in, I guess, quality and, uh, you know, what it is that you get access to from these services. So I thought it might be interesting for us to, to have a look at the different ones um, and see what we make of them. Now, I, up until Christmas of last year, had never owned an Xbox, never had any interest in them. They don't have, by and large, exclusives that interest me. I've always been... These days, anyway. These days, anyway. Or historically, either, really. Ever? Really? The 360, when it first came out, was better than the PS3 for exclusives. That's where you went for Bioshock. It's where you went for Mass Effect. You got indie games like Braid and and stuff like that. What's that one? Um, Not Inside. The other one they made. Limbo. 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 And but then PS3 eventually got everything. But for a couple of years, 360 was the way, way to go. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, well, that's a fair point though. Um but yeah, when I, I got the Series S end of last year and loaded up with uh, a couple of cheap years of Game Pass and yeah. uh basically have done a complete 180 on it. I am so impressed by what's on offer there. It's um the sort of the breadth and the depth of the the game catalog is almost too good. Mm. In that, like, when I finished Tears of the Kingdom, I wanted to decide what to play next. I just went on to Game Pass. I ended up with the three games that I mentioned earlier, but that's after about two hours of just trawling through it, going, "Oh, that's really interesting. I've wanted to play that for a while. Better look it up on how long to beat. See how long it is. Look it up on Metacritic. See what the score is." Okay, that's definitely going on the list. Like I had a Google Keep note of about ten games that I had to whittle down. And, and is that a fun part of you as well? I bet it is, isn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah, of games. yeah, it, it is for me. I recognize that it wouldn't be for a lot of people because um, they might not have the same dysfunctions that I do. But um, I massively enjoyed it. Um, the thing with Game Pass, I think, uh, as opposed to the other competitors, has always been their insistence on on getting as much stuff day one as possible the day mm. one releases yeah. all the the xbox game studio stuff now they've acquired them you've the the bethesda studio stuff we have like starfield is going on to game pass day one that is if that was a ps exclusive that would be 80 bucks at launch and that would go onto the ps subscription service in 2025 maybe you know um so like, it's the the games on offer, the mix of, like, weird indie games of, of you know, the big first-party releases. Um, it's just, it gives this incredible variety. And it's all for, I think, the, the per-month cost is, like, 13 euro here. Which, I mean, it's not cheap, but it's cheaper than a new release. If you were to buy... It's horrible, though. I guess, I guess a grace. For what you get, yeah. it's pretty good, like... Yeah, um, and especially up until uh, Sony did their their rebranding of the PS Plus when they were on the old PS Plus, like the difference between the two was was night and day. Like one yeah. was like, I'm reluctant to describe any of these massive billion dollar companies as <laughs> pro consumer, yeah. but Game Pass yeah. has always felt like the most pro consumer of the available services. Um, do you guys have any? I know you don't have current gen Xboxes, but do you guys have any history with Game Pass? 
I, I've used it for two two years, I think, on PC. It's basically yeah. how I only played PC games for. It's how like I found like say Divinity, so I came across that. Um, it's how Steph developed her her crippling addiction to Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> was through uh, was through that. Uh, and she downloaded Andromeda the other day. That's not something you would do if if you had no. a, if you didn't have a subscription. You would never pay money for that. She could find that out herself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've I I'm a huge fan of it. I can't be for this podcast, obviously. Oh yeah, for the purpose um, of this podcast, yeah, you're diametrically yeah. opposed to it. I hate it. It's disgusting. It's I didn't going. know we were putting on personas here of like you know vying for each console. I didn't realize that. Oh, why am I dressed like this then? <laughs> well, what, 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 have you you ever used Game Pass? Liam? You just kind of. You know of it? No, I thought it was new with the Xbox One or Xbox Series X. I'm dumb. <laughs> this, is, this was on PC for years, was it? Uh, yeah, it was in yeah. beta for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, two, I think two years. No, I definitely played it to start of COVID. Mm. So maybe mm. maybe three years. Um, it was a bit spotty when it was in beta originally, and it, you know the, the library wasn't as good or wasn't as big. And then there's like a, a cloud gaming. Is that a part? Yeah, of, yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. That's a really good point. Is that it, a big focus for Game Pass? Is their their X Cloud, their cloud gaming, which is, and I think this is kind of like Xbox's tactic going forward is to like leverage the cloud technology as hard as possible. I know um, Phil Spencer. I had to really focus on Phil Spencer there. I've been saying Phil Spector a lot. Um, <laughs> Phil Spencer. No, no context to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why have you been saying that a lot? Even <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, you mean you mean that that record producer who murdered his wife? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, Kev's just been he's, he's been on a, a Spectre thing at the moment. Just talking about him. Yeah. Um, I saw Phil Spencer um, was recently talking about um, just sort of he was on a podcast or something. He's asked some, some general sort of console war flame baity type question about like, oh, what does Xbox need to do to compete with Sony? And uh, like, what what's the big killer app? What's the the big IP, the big game that's going to draw things back level? And do you think that's going to be Starfield? And he was like, no, like there isn't there isn't a silver bullet. There isn't mm. there isn't a game that Xbox can bring out that's going to narrow that gap in any sort of significant way. That's not their strategy at the moment. That's not their approach. Now they're not saying that they're going to stop making games. They're still going to keep developing the IP. It's more that they see their path to success is going to be through technology rather than through intellectual property. Um, and I think the the X Cloud is, you know, it's early days. I think it's still in beta yeah. currently. I think it's still not available in all markets. I don't know if it's in Canada yet even. Um, uh, but it's it's great. It, it's basically it's what Stadia kind of wanted to be. It's just like a really stable, reliable way to play games through a chrome browser window you know you just hook up bluetooth up a uh, controller to your computer and you can just play your xbox library of games anywhere you know i i played most of i say i played half of the first two murder game on Mm -hmm. an ipad with an xbox controller which was like i was like this is really really cool this is exactly what google stadia should have made me feel like yeah, I, you, I had you were a sta- yeah. I was about to say you were a Stadia adopter, weren't you? I, I was. Yeah, I got yeah. for the the beta of Baldur's Gate. There was like Damn. some deal you signed for a year or something. The game was like half, like might have actually been free. I can't remember. Um, this could sound like an exaggeration, but like I've I had pretty good internet when I was living in Canada. I think it was like a gigabyte uh, or speeds. I think I, Baldur's Gate worked just about less than half the time. 
like yeah. well like it was just it just didn't work for me it wasn't a good service i think xbox cloud seems to be they're taking more time on it maybe it, mm-hmm. it seems like there's more work going into it and more resources so it seems to be much much better yeah and, and like in my i mean i've only had access to it for the past six months and obviously i've been mostly in the house where the console is so i haven't been using the cloud service like in an attempt to to tax it or, or, or find out what its limitations are but anytime i've used it it's been rock solid like it's 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 really impressive tech um so i mean like it's it's on one hand it's disheartening to hear that you know xbox are not trying to go toe-to-toe with your your god of wars and your spider-mans and stuff uh spider-men spider-man um (laughs) but um but at least you know the thing that they are focusing on the the technology is you know potentially going to be revolutionary going forward do you think they pivoted to all this because they were just losing so badly to Sony and their mountain of exclusives in the like previous generation, the PS4, Xbox One? Game Pass, when it first came out and we were first first kind of wide-eyed in wonderment of how good the deal was and all the games you could get on it, you know, yeah. the games are day one, like you were saying, always just felt like, and I don't mean desperate in a bad way at all, but just like a desperate pivot. We have to do something because, like you said, we don't have God of War. We don't have whatever spider-man these final fantasies that spider-man spider-man spiders men because at the beginning at the beginning of the year i was considering i was finally going next gen two years late and i was like i was going to get a series s i still might but i was choosing and i went for the playstation and still just because there's games i can get only on playstation you know but you can't kind of fault them for game pass and what a kind of audacious thing it was and is that why they did it because they lost the last generation so badly I have to feel that it is, and from from the way uh, Phil Spencer was talking <laughs> uh, in in sort of recent interviews, it does seem that they've kind of they, they've they've pinned their colours to that mass that they want to be, you know, across as many devices and across as many people as possible. That that they're building an Xbox ecosystem rather than just building and supporting a console. And in um, your opinion, do they have the games to pull this off? Hmm. I know, like my position is supposed to be pro Game Pass exclusively <laughs> at the moment, um, so I'm going to say a conditional yes. So uh, when I get to my one, I'm not going to be pro. So I didn't, no. I didn't know, I didn't know we were I know. doing this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, you have to sell oh, Nintendo oh, wow. Online. Oh wow, we got a Fire Emblem yesterday, or so, what? No. <laughs> How much does it cost a year? Oh, uh, I would. Can I just to to kind of slide in there? Mm-hmm. Use a different word. Um, I uh, so when I knew we were doing this episode, which was an hour ago, about two two hours ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I looked up uh, Game Pass and uh, PlayStation Plus to kind of see mm. what what the difference in kind of games were, uh, and just kind of throw us at you, Kev. I, I I actually couldn't really find anything on Game Pass that uh, wasn't already on Plus that I wanted to play. Which I, which I which I was a bit surprised at because I I I hadn't touched Game Pass for a little while since I got the PS Five. Uh, to be honest, Steph's been kind of using it a lot more, um, but I couldn't really find, you know, anything anything of the last couple of generations anyway that would kind of make me go, oh, I might go back to Game Pass again. And I, but I wonder, do they have, like Kev went on and he's playing these three cool indie games? Do they have a bigger selection of indie games? Maybe I don't know, not necessarily bigger, but they, there are a couple of um, exclusives on the xbox side of things particularly recently there's uh, i'm thinking specifically of uh tango gameworks's uh hi-fi rush which came out earlier this year I which really i want to play it. absolutely loved it's an absolute cracker of a game 
um strong recommend for it it's a uh, like for anyone who's not familiar with it it's kind of like the midpoint between devil may cry and guitar hero and <laughs> it is as daft and as fun as that sounds um other they also had a uh, pentiment from obsidian that um murder mystery game that's kind of illustrated like it's in sort of a a, a monk's tome type thing that apparently is cool. really good i haven't checked that out yet uh scorn the hr geiger um, is that still, is that first, still exclusive to the best of my knowledge yeah mm-hmm. i want to play that too yeah so there there are definitely titles that are sort of locked in on the xbox side of things at the moment um but yeah, I mean, it's it's the first party exclusives that are really letting the team down there. Now, obviously, you have like you have the Halo back catalog if you care about that sort of thing. But if you care about that sort of thing, you probably have them or have played them already. Likewise yeah, yeah. for um, uh, Owner Reared and Favorite, the Gears of War franchise, which are all on there. Um, I know the most recent game, game in particular was one that he was he was very positive about. Mm-hmm. Which I, I must actually check that out soon. Um, and then it, for the racing enthusiasts, there's the Forza and Forza Horizon games. That again are you know reviewed particularly well, but I don't quite give a shit. Now, Kev, are they not pronounced Forza? No, I never knew the way you just pronounced it. This is a revelation to me. Didn't he say f- he said Forza? I said For- Forza. No? Forza. Oh, it does sound a little bit wrong. Well, I've committed to it now, so um... no, I was I was one hundred percent like I'm just such a follower. I was like, oh, I've been saying it immediately. It's like I've been saying it wrong for years. Kevin's correct. He said it with such authority and confidence. No, isn't it? Isn't Forza. it? Yeah. Forza. Yeah, Shit. It's, it's Italian. That's just. Forza. Uh, Look, Forza. You, the, the, the listeners. Forza. Stop. Forza. <laughs> the listeners learn something, you know, the hosts learn something. It's good. It's good vibes all around, you know? We have a couple of listeners in, in, in Italy. That's pretty cool. They'd okay. be like. So they would have been cringing at, at Liam's yeah. correction. They're like, oh, what does this guy know? I wasn't correcting. I was, I, despite my tone, what I wanted to say was, Kev, thanks for teaching me the proper pronunciation. That's literally what I was trying to say. Well, you're welcome. I can't pilot this, I can't pilot this meat puppet correctly to <laughs> convey the things I want to convey. Your tone's in check. Yeah, so that is, that is um, Game Pass in a nutshell. It's a great deal. Great There's a wide breadth of, of things available. The exclusives maybe aren't there yet, but who knows? We've got Starfield coming up towards the end of the year. And... I would play Hellblade if I had it. I love the first Hellblade. Um, Hellblade didn't warrant a way. sequel, but I trust them to do something cool with it. I would, I, If I had an Xbox, I'd play that. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, potentially down the line, it, um, it things are, are looking bright for Game Pass. It's a great deal as it stands, particularly when you look at the difference in price for the hardware. If you did want to get oh, yeah. in on the console, God, yeah. Jesus, like yeah. the Series S regularly goes goes down to two hundred and fifty euro. Yeah. The PS Five is now five hundred and fifty euro. I know I'm comparing disc drive to the the base model on the Xbox size, but like you could conceivably get a Series S and three years of Game Pass for less than the price of just the console for the PS Five, and then not have to put your hand in your pocket for the next three years yeah, playing no. playing a raft of indie games and first party exclusives on the day they launch. Hard to say no, you know? This might be a weird question. Tell me if it is, all right? I will. Do you, now that you're subscribed to Game Pass, do you feel pressured to make use of it? Are you kind of like, I'm spending money on this, I need to keep playing video games? No, I don't think so. I think there, there's enough stuff there, particularly when I can do something like I did th- this weekend, just gone, and just find a raft of short indie games and rattle through three in a weekend and yeah. like play for a total of about seven hours 
but like roll credits on three different games, games that I enjoyed uh, that probably would have been 20 bucks each. And if I can do that in one weekend and save myself 60 bucks as opposed to the 13 bucks that it yeah. was for the month, I'm not going to stress out about how much I play. Plus, I mean, what has really helped my value proposition for Game Pass is when they added Persona 3 and 4 to it. So that's a, that's a couple of hundred hours of my time locked down. And there. they're adding the Persona 3 remake next year. Straight Absolutely, away. Absolutely, yeah. Day, day one Game Pass, yeah. And the the new um, really exciting Atlas game that I, I, I don't think I will physically ever be able to remember the name of. Liam Metaphor Defantizo. The worst name <laughs> ever. But uh, oh, it's... Yes. that. It's also a game that shot right up to like my one of my most anticipated games, and that's going to stay one game pass as well. Yeah. So there's there's aggressive stuff happening over here at Microsoft. Morrissey, do you think PlayStation have countered it? Ca- yeah, ca- countered it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be yeah. a sports commentator. Man. Yes, yeah, <laughs> force. Uh, I I I know. So just for listeners out there, Kev. Uh, Came up with this great idea for an episode. Kev also quickly picked Xbox, uh, and now I don't know because I'm convinced now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I cancelled PlayStation Plus halfway through that. We can dump the whole thing. No, 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 I had to big them up. It, you it, can just it, be the ambassador of PlayStation. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I I love PlayStation, um, but uh, I'll, so I'll deviate slightly because I really want to talk about this because it, it made up a lot of my week. Uh, during the weekend, it's kind of on what we're, we're talking about here. Sure, man, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I use Twitter quite These a bit. pictures should match. <laughs> Who was that? Was that one of you or was it me? Sorry, why did I get, like, the biggest fucking heart attack that one of us, <laughs> maybe me, had Sorry, porn playing? Like that. that absolutely my, terrified me. Apologies, everyone. I don't know why I edit that out, but uh, uh, Google, I, when I said I love PlayStation, Google was listening to me. So, it, 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 it loaded up five photos that just say I love PlayStation. Oh, really, yeah. really quite nice. Um, that wasn't intentional. Uh, Google helped me out. Um, Hold on to your hats when you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, you don't yeah, know what's going to happen. Lack of professionalism <laughs> off the fucking chain. Uh, during the week, uh, so occasionally I get sucked into, very rarely now actually, I'm not going to say occasionally, that's not true. Very rarely I get sucked into debates on Twitter between uh, PlayStation fanboys and Xbox fanboys. That is absolutely what I've always believed. I doesn't make any so that's kind of getting ahead of myself. Uh, before we get to that point, um, so uh, I uh, had been following Starfield. Obviously, so excited for it. Yeah, and I responded to the writer from IGN. Actually, responded to their tweet. Um, they've been asking, "Will people buy an Xbox specifically for Starfield?" And I was kind of like, "Oh, I'm kind of up in the air. I love, you know, I really am a huge Bethesda fan." Um, uh, you know, but I, I'm still a bit kind of nervous because, you know, Todd Howard kind of sold us a bunch of shit with Fallout 76. Oh, um, 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. So there we, I, and I thought that was a fairly, a fairly like uh, a neutral comment, really. A lot of people would have agreed with that. There's a lot of YouTube videos about it. Uh, you know, it, it, I think people are saying now it is a decent game. I can't confirm that or deny it. I never ended up picking it up once I saw all the, the bugs and problems with it. Um, but I just said that on Twitter went like off for a run or something, went to the shop or something, and I came back, and I was getting absolutely abused. Like, people saying stuff to me, like, about my profile photo, going, look at the fucking head on this guy. Who does he think he is? Um, but the majority of the comments came down uh, to me uh, hating uh, Xbox. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really strange. Um, and I kind of dug myself deeper into a hole by what they were asking me. So one of the first questions that someone asked me was, like, uh, oh, like, 
you you don't even own an Xbox yet, and you're already shitting on Xbox exclusives. Uh, classic PlayStation fanboy. And I was like, oh, this is mad. I've only maybe I don't even own a PlayStation. Like I, I haven't said yeah. anything. Maybe I own a PC. It's weird. You've gone directly to that, the enemy, uh, which is for me even that alone. I was like, I find it really hard to put myself in that person's shoes. Like I don't know why you have such brand loyalty to kind of what you said earlier, Kev, a multi-billion-dollar organization doesn't give two shits about you no um and so uh that descended into like for maybe about 20 minutes a half an hour um someone asked me and said you know said oh todd howard probably didn't even know what the game was like he probably never played it and i was like that's not true like he went we did like a half an hour presentation on it a huge deep dive which i mean he knew nothing about the game um but again it all came back back to kind of people really tearing me apart over this kind of you know playstation xbox kind of thing and so it's kind of, I want to kind of maybe point a question to you guys. Like, like, do you feel you have brand loyalty to anything? And I would kind of say sometimes I feel, um, like Liam, I feel like you probably have a bit of brand loyalty to Nintendo sometimes. Yeah, sure. You know, just, just your history to loving those games. Um, uh, Kev, maybe yourself as well, I don't know, where you've been playing PlayStation most of your life as well. Um, I've never had that feeling. I've always just looked at where the games are going, where they're the cheapest, and where they're the easiest for me to play, mm. um, which has just nearly always been PlayStation for me. Um, now I will, I'm still going to buy an Xbox, even though they really upset me. <laughs> I, didn't like, I don't like their community. I think they're all a big bunch of poo poo heads, but that's okay. I'm still going to buy one. Um, but what do you guys, like? Do you guys what? What do you feel about that kind of brand loyalty? And I'm, I know you're, you both think it's the whole arguing is silly, but I think I think when you're in position in life, when maybe you're not the happiness happiest, you're not maybe happy with your job, maybe you're not happy where you are in life, maybe you're not happy where you live, maybe you're not happy with the person you're with or the person Liam, you're not with. Is this an intervention? Because I told you yep. to drop it, okay? Yep. <laughs> I think when people are unhappy in, with their life and they and they, if they investigate it, they don't quite like their life. They glomp onto things and they attribute their personalities around things that are trivial, such as, I like Xbox, therefore my personality is going to be Xbox. Yeah. It comes from an unhealthy place, I think. And I think that's where most of the fucking, I was kind of being nice there, but all the fucking worms online, I think that's where, <laughs> Thank I you. Think yeah. that's where yeah. it's coming from. It's coming from, and that's why it's anything. It's, it's any fan base from a TV show to films to not only the consoles, but the games. It's when you're outside a fan base, even if it's like a wonderful franchise, the fan base are always just toxic, toxic because yeah, there are people who, instead of, you know, Oh, I'm a fan of this. No, I am Zelda. Zelda's proud of me, so they're kind of going to be weird. Like, there's a weird Zelda versus From Software thing online that I, I don't understand. It's because yeah. Tears of Kingdom Elden Ring came out near enough and they're big open world games. But I'm like, guys, those games share so much DNA. Yeah. I don't understand how you would like, you know, it's not that I don't understand, but isn't it so fucking easy to like Elden Ring and also like Tears of Kingdom? They're so. Yeah. I would say so it's, it, it would take like active work <laughs> to like one and yeah. not like the other. You have to be and creative. Even, yeah. And it's even people who do like both, they have to like one more than the other. So yeah. I didn't like, I don't, I, I hope I didn't suck the fun out of it, but that's where I think that comes from. No, because I, I, I think it's, I actually like, because I know we do try to keep it lighthearted and fun in this podcast. Uh, so to kind of wrap up the story, um, oh. uh, that descended for a bit. I closed the thread eventually because I was like, this is just, I'm not winning here. And I, cause I was, I literally at one point, it sounds so sad. I'm 30 fucking four. I took a photo of the amount of trophies I have on Skyrim. So I was just like, <laughs> I, I literally, 
John, no. And I sat down. For and a second, I, I thought you were going to say trophies in Israel. Don't insult me. I've done weightlifting. Uh, I feel like okay, the, real, the real life trophies would be better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I literally, because uh, I was so annoyed. I was like, fuck that guy. Um, and then I literally was like, I said, I was like, what am I doing? Firstly, you know, don't get dragged from the internet. They're stupid. Um, but with that in particular, I was like, hang on a second. I really like it. I really do like Bethesda. I think Hattard Howard is great. He's made some of my favorite games ever. I just think he's also a somewhat flawed person. And that's actually kind of it. It's like there's the fanboy thing is so toxic and so hardcore. It's that nothing about their beloved um, brand, you know, can be at fault in any way. Yeah. But I actually think it has in the last, like, again, like maybe since COVID, because people are just at home more in front of their computers more. It, it feels like it's gotten more, um, more harsh, more cruel. I like, don't think so. I think, a, I think it's, think it's always that way. I think it's a straight line. I think it's been as toxic. Well, as maybe been. then I've been kind of maybe a bit naive to maybe in that regard. Um, but what ended up happening to wrap it up was uh, a couple of people had added me uh, on Twitter, for, like followed me, or whatever, and, and, and had done that. Um, and uh, one guy followed me and then he tweeted me and said, hey, can you find me back so I can DM you? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Uh, so I had, he had like maybe, I should have kind of been suspect. Uh, he had like maybe 50... 50 followers. His profile photo was literally Todd Howard. Okay. Uh, with like a little, a little crown on. Uh, he sent me one message and he said, I think you should kill yourself. And I was like, I know no one has ever, ever said anything like that to me on the internet before. Jesus. But I was like, wow, that is, you what, You don't know who I am or what kind of day I'm having. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's such, That's such a fucking hateful thing to say. Um, Reported him or whatever. I'm sure he's, he's just doing something else. But um, yeah. it is like, yeah, there's a, there is an element of humor to it. When you look at it, you kind of think, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there's points where it just makes it it, it, it just makes the whole, like people be put off gaming in general. I asked Steph about yeah. it, and she was like, oh, "That's why I never play online games." Yeah. I was like, "Really?" And she's, "Yeah, I would never play an online game." She's, "I'm gonna go play an online game." Brooks gonna be swearing at me, shouting at me, you know, using slurs. And it's like just a part, a whole kind of side of video gaming that it's very easy to avoid. To be fair, if you want to, yeah, I think you know, stay off Twitter and don't get into arguments and just agree that Todd Howard is great and you'll be fine. Um, but no, I think it's, you're right to be kind of serious about Liam and call them worms because it is such a such a, a blight on like the video game industry and and video games in general. It has been for so long though. Like this, like it, despite the fact that there was no internet, man, this was the same thing versus Sega versus Nintendo back in the nineties. You think it was, you, it was as passionate and as as it definitely as passionate, just less avenues to express it. Definitely. Mm. Well then, let me do it now with PlayStation <laughs> as we go back to the theme of this episode. Uh, I think uh, in a, a, a very... I think really the quick rebuttal uh, against Xbox is kind of that piece of... Do I have to lie now because I'm going to buy an Xbox in like two weeks? It's nonsense. <laughs> I'm mad, really. I just swapped it up. Just giving Liam Xbox on me. Um, I do look at Xbox and I don't think I see enough exclusives there uh from game pass to make me to make me buy it yeah. i think with playstation plus playstation plus you know we talked about this before in the podcast they obviously somebody saw microsoft do that and said shit we we have to get on board with this we have yeah, to get on for sure. know, yeah. jump on the train um i think the execution of it wasn't great i remember do you guys remember when they first released it there yeah. was that kind of splash page of the different uh, tiers and people yeah. were like why is it so unnecessarily complicated yeah um but if you look at playstation premium um I, w- I would argue, I think it is possible. I don't even believe that. I think it is possibly a better deal uh, than, than Xbox. Um, you, know, you can actually play Game Pass on your Xbox and your PC. 
it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you can, isn't that amazing? Um, <laughs> and the, what's the new handle that came out recently? Not the, not the one that's like the, or the, was it the Roy X or something like that? You know, the new oh, PC the, handle that came out? Yeah, the, 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 the Raj Alloy or something. Raj Alloy, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That has Game Pass. What, what I'll say is when I got a PlayStation 5, I was just like, these are the next gen. I'm two years late. These are the next gen games I want to play, yada, yada, yada. And I had a kind of a negative opinion of the PlayStation online thing from the PS4. I don't, I, yeah, I can't remember why, Martha. Was it, did it have a bad start or something? Mm. Like when they started doing the tiers now and not not just... It was, just a, me- it was just a messy transition. Just like a very, very messy transition. Yeah. So I was kind of outside of all of that. And then when I got the PlayStation 5, I was like, I had these games in my mind. Here's what I want to play. And honestly, they were all there for free. Yeah. If I had the premium subscription... Almost everything I wanted to play was there, you know. Um, I've already played Ratchet and Clank. I didn't even know that was there until Kev told me. I was like, I know Ratchet and Clank's one of those things, you know. It's 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 a fleeting pleasure, but like I'll do that someday. And Kev was just, oh, it's on the thing. And I was like, what? I'll play it right now. But like stuff like Dark Souls, um, God of War, Death Loop, God of War is there. I had that already on the PS4. Um, Returnal, yeah. Like these are like big kind of you know current gen games and things that kind of made me want to get next. Made me kind of go. Yeah, I played Elden Ring and God of War on the PS4. I kind of gritted my teeth and did it, but now is the time I need to... Final Fantasy XVI is coming out, I need to do it. Now I can play all these things. And I was fully intending on like buying Demon Souls, buying Ratchet and Clank. And, you know, it might be kind of a simple layman's point of view, but the fact that I don't have to, and that I'm saving money and the value of the subscription, that's, like, huge to me. And I kind of agree that, like, I did research on the Game Pass before I, um, I got the PS5. I just think, for me, yeah, the PlayStation has more things that I want on it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe less possibility of me discovering cool shit like you were talking about there early on, Kevin Game Pass. Yeah. But just in terms of like me kind of quantifying what I want, like I don't know, they're doing well in my opinion. PlayStation, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool little service. Absolutely, I think it, it definitely is in a better shape now than when it launched. Um, listen, this wouldn't even be a conversation if Sony were putting first party games on their day one. If yeah. they if they followed suit with the day one releases. Yeah they would blow Xbox out of the water. <laughs> like, do you, no do you think they ever will? Do, do no. to, is that really it's a decision no. they're going to hold tight for the whole time? I think I think what we'll see is the timeline will get shorter and shorter. Like I think, yeah. I think Forbidden West has gone on there now about a year after it launched. Is it, yeah? I, mm. But I feel that that only Another happened because it, it didn't sell well, though. Mm. Forbidden like, West didn't sell well. I, th- I did, thought it didn't because it came, it came around the same time as Elden Ring and Elden Ring really just kind of no I'm only laughing because the first one came out at the same time as Breath of the Wild yeah. I'm not like I'm actually feel very sorry for them because they made a new IP and <laughs> fucking well done honestly we all need new shit I just feel like they luck, it, their luck was so bad twice yeah but, but I, I think that, that's the only reason I think it ended up on that uh, sooner rather than later you know you don't think we're going to get Spider-Man 2 day one PlayStation Premium though who cares <laughs> oh, oh spicy Sorry, I'm Spidey. Nice, very good. Thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think someday they. I think so. Starfield could be a really interesting one. I think if if Starfield yeah. does yeah. come out and yeah, gets yeah. incredible reviews and like they suddenly start shifting a huge amount of Xboxes because of that, mm-hmm. I, I PlayStation might. I think they might ease up on it. I, I really. I feel like they might, or maybe it might just be one exclusive a year or something like that. They'll, they'll do something with it, maybe. So um, we should, should we be gunning for Microsoft success in that sense? Then, if Microsoft starts succeeding, PlayStation will kind of will kind of force force PlayStation's hand. We might get 
better boat worlds that way, you know? Well, yeah, I think oh, that, that's, that's kind of what's happened so far, isn't it? Yeah, is that the, the, sure, success, yeah. the success of Game Pass has created the, the PS Plus structure that we have now. And if that continues, and like, as you said, with Starfield, like, they're going to sell a rake of hardware. They're going to make yeah, it. Yeah, surely. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to. Yeah, like, surely. Unless, well, it, it will be a buggy mess at launch, um, yeah. which I suppose that's a segue, isn't it, uh, for a second? Uh, one thing we haven't talked about much about in this podcast is um, uh, the kind of state of modern releases uh, mm. the, the, yeah, the, last, the last few months. I actually haven't been burned myself. Uh, same, same, but I, like, my heart, my heart you know, genuinely goes out, though. Because it's yeah. not on. It's absolutely not yeah, on. Yeah, where where do you kind of land in it? Because I have I have a couple of a couple of guys I knew from Canada who well, they're game devs. They work at like much smaller companies, and they they're very defensive about it. They kind of say like you don't understand. It's like nothing to do with developers. It's, you know the shareholders pushing these things out, blah, yeah. blah, blah, which is probably one hundred percent true. Um, but they feel that the kind of reaction is always over the top. Like, what, what do you guys do? Where do you kind of land on that? Are we talking about like specifically like PC? Ports and stuff yeah, like, like that. Like honestly, anything, man. Like PC, yeah, Redfall been... was a disaster on on consoles yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, when I go back to Cyberpunk, to, which kind of feels like the start of it all. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that was the first really high profile one. Yeah, I don't know. I think like what you're saying about your 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 friends who work in game dev there. I think that's that's entirely fair. It's really hard to make anything. Like God damn it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard to get anything made to like to put in your time and your efforts to get something made and finished with a little asterisk finished to whatever degree and get that out into the world and there's a sort of there's, there's a vulnerability there and there's a sort of there's you know a level of effort and creativity that has to go into it i would never slate the devs for a game being released in that sort of a state but the publishers and the money men need to take a long fucking hard look at the state of the industry at the moment because the absolute tripe that's being shoveled out at full price these days yeah. is criminal. Like it's Gollum. it's Gollum Redfall, uh the recent PC ports of games of it, it's like it's it's dishonest, it's it's predatory, it's it's building these hype cycles to sell pre orders, knowing that they have the money locked in anyway. And then just putting out like the absolute fucking minimum viable product or less than that even. Yeah. And to take the to take the other angle, all you know, childlike, as someone who absolutely adores games, it's so bitterly disappointing for the people because we do care about video games. Yeah. My heart goes out to someone who's looking forward to this thing, whose favorite games ever are Grand Theft Auto Three, Vice City, and a San Andreas, and can't wait till they're yeah. re-released. And they're absolutely shite. The last one. Oh, that one was felt, so bad. Yeah. The last the one I felt really bad was like. We always find ways to talk about 2020 in this podcast, you know, during the podcast. Yeah. My big ones were fine. I just said remake. Resident Evil 3 came out. I was like, great. I felt so sorry for the Cyberpunk guys at the time. The people who were like, and I know Cyberpunk is a whole different thing these days. But I don't think we should let them off the hook for that. That was so awful for the people who, were, who just wanted something fun during the pandemic. And then they got this terrible ass broken game. Do you remember, um, what you call it as well, didn't, um, the Batman, it could be going back years here, Arkham... Arkham Nice, yeah, nice. unplayable on PC. Yeah, like if it just and, physically doesn't and, work. And was so for ages. Has that been fixed in the meantime? I assume I, so. I, but... I think so. Yeah, but like that. Yeah, that game came out in like twenty fourteen. It took okay. years for that to to be fixed. <laughs> um, but like Gollum is a, a great example because there's like there's two elements to it. Like if you know, yeah, they're charging full whack for a game. Uh, let's say Cyberpunk, for example. You mm. know, Cyberpunk got ten years of them working fucking really hard on that game crunching like the, seven day weeks like exactly yeah. they're putting so many hours into it and 
the it was basically at like their the, the ambition just outgrew the game every every year and mm-hmm. they just wanted to put too much into it and so yeah that was very disappointing i i pre-ordered that that's actually the last game i've ever pre-ordered i don't think i'll ever pre-order a game again um but then you look at something like Gollum, and it's a harder thing to kind of understand because the actual finished product you know product isn't just like buggy or messy it's just a really poorly made it's ill-conceived from the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. It, it just who wanted that like and yeah it just yeah, so the actual bones of the game are just really poor. So to charge eighty quid for that, it that really feels like a slap in the face. Like that's kind of we're trying to fool people into buying yeah. this, you know. That one in particular, like, really feels to me like that studio were making that game and then we're told we're putting a golem skin on it, or we we've paid for this Lord of the Rings license. Let's pay paste that over. It was announced years ago though. I remember yeah. this, this was a gestating project. I remember hearing about it at least it's 2019. Delayed, like, it's delayed massively. Yeah. yeah, I think it was it was shown in like the very first PS5 showcase anyway, back in like right. early 2020 or mid-2020, I think, wasn't it? It was supposed to be... Could be that long ago, yeah. Yeah. And I was so kind of, I was so kind of outside it because I never really care about the game anyway, to be perfectly honest. But what was the story with Redfall? Redfall? Oh, man, that's... Um, seems to be like just a a bad idea that was then mismanaged and driven into the ground and turned into an absolute fucking clusterfuck. I have booted it up. I gave it about an hour, just Mm. sort of a morbid curiosity or like a, it can't possibly be as bad as people say it is. And now I haven't played co-op and I've heard that whatever fun there is to have in the game is in the co-op experience. Um, But it's truly dog shit. Like it's absolute... (laughs) bottom of the barrel it's but that's it's, so scary like like that that's from such a such a popular publisher arcane right and, yeah, yeah arcane and, 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 such a good reputation and, and specifically arcane austin uh, did they want to make it apparently no uh, there's now that we've gotten post-launch there's been sort of more information has come out about it and it seems that their hand was forced into originally they were put on making sort of a live servicey type game to basically make a cash cow and you know original builds of that didn't seem to go so well and they kind of pulled back on the live service stuff but kept it as a co-op game and sort of internally in arcane the feeling was that after the um after the xbox buyout they were kind of going all right the big wigs at xbox are going to take one look at this they're going to cancel it and they're going to put us on something else and then xbox took the opposite approach they're like you know, we've bought these studios because we trust them to make games. We're going hands off. You know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> no. So it ended up being, yeah, essentially, yeah, they kind of they got they got put oh, in the scenario in the right place. Yeah, they got put in the scenario like, okay, well, I guess we have to finish it now. Um, and again, it looks like it was it was you know another decision by the money men and the publishers that like after development had gone so long, they're like this, like we can we can delay this for six months and we can iron out the bugs. And we can put, uh, you know, a, a bit of a better lick of paint on it visually. But at its core, this is still going to be a, a dog shit game. So we might as well just get it out now. Um, it's, so, it's so sneaky, so fucked up. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know who it was who said it last week. Uh, was it Phil Spector? And maybe not. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not saying um, much these days. But yeah. he did, he's dead. He's dead. Um, but uh, I was playing Russian roulette with that question, wasn't I? Oh, Christ. It doesn't connect. Does that connect? Really. Um, uh, doesn't Microsoft think, connect? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> Spencer did say though that he feels that most modern video games now have a minimum of a five-year uh, development cycle. 
like that. Uh, I'm not sure if you read that, that he feels that like major releases, he's like with technology the way it's going, with games getting bigger and bigger and budgets getting bigger and bigger, he thinks it's going to increase. He thinks like in the next in within ten years, it might take seven to ten years to make a brand new, uh, like triple A huge release, um, which you know is kind of upsetting. I don't know how. Do, what do you feel about that? I feel like they're in a way they're doing it to themselves. There's so much like scope creep that's kind of baked in yeah. that like there's this desire that you know games and particularly AAA games you know they have to look more realistic. There has to be ray tracing. There has to be textures. There has to be facial animations. That comes from the fans as well, Kevin. But it, from, it comes from the, the fans game. because that's what they're being fed in the CG trailers. So that's what they're expecting in the games, and then they don't see that. So then that's what they get fed in the next CG trailer, and the next game has to look slightly better. So it's it's this insidious cycle of. The fans are being sold on realistic hype, and then off the back of that hype, they're setting unrealistic targets for the games, which is pushing the development time out. Like, make games with weird art styles. Don't make things. Don't try for photorealism every time. Make a. I 100% agree with you. 100%. That's why I'm. I would even down the graphics, pay the developers more, and give them less work hours and less and less years to make it with worse graphics. I don't think people would have it. I don't think it's because they're stuck in this insidious loop. I think game the game gaming fans. I'm not standing above them or anything. I'm one of them. But I just think it's been happening for as long as gaming's been a thing. It's just mm. new graphics drives this thing forward. It's and a, now, it's, but it's the chicken and the egg, though. Like it's, maybe, it's, yeah. You know, like like we were just talking there about how Xbox might win this battle because of hardware, which I know is mm. more kind of with the cloud and things like that. But mm. I guess when someone says the word teraflops, I'm like, oh my god, how many? Like I get as excited <laughs> about most people. <laughs> Uh, when I when I hear them, right? And I, that's that's where I've been since I was a kid. Like I remember picking up PlayStation magazines, and like, you see, uh, you know, still images of like Zone of Enders and stuff like that. And I'm going, Jesus Christ, I can't wait that comes out. So, but I I feel like the most popular video games out there that sell the best every year don't look like shit. Do you know what I mean? They don't have different quirky art styles. And and here comes Zelda to save the day, though absolutely immaculate piece of game design that's selling like absolute gangbusters it's going to outshine breath of the wild like tenfold by the time it's done it's like old engine it looks beautiful but it's not new graphics okay that's why yeah, i'm fair. agreeing with you kev that's mm. this is i would like to see more of this i just don't think people will go for it if you start down graphics and i, I think i think the longer development cycles could happen never in the playstation 3 era when square literally came out and we're like there's no towns or world maps or anything like that in Final Fantasy 13 because we can't the graphics have gotten too big we had to kind of streamline this into a corridor thing and that was yeah. over oh 10 God. years ago it always happens you know and that was a 3 out of 10 game it was a 3 out of 10 game. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though it's very interesting uh well should we move on I was gonna say because Liam you have to defend Nintendo online do you want to get Stuck into that now and really go for it, or how do you want to? How do you want to play that? Oh, Nintendo Online! I I think it's lovely. I, every time I boot up my Switch, I'm like, oh, is there something new on Nintendo Online? Before Usually, no. In, can I get a forty year old game, please? Yeah. But man, it's I oh, I do have an axe to grind Nintendo. I'll be honest, most of the time, and like I shouldn't because Steph is downstairs right now playing Mario Galaxy, and she mm. is just in awe. It's it's really cool to see her you playing can Mario separate, Galaxy. Separate separate the developer. From the business, yeah, technically, it's that's separate. the only way. Steph, that's very extreme. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, you're yeah, and I should. You are bang on. I absolutely should. Um, but what I remember being so excited for the Nintendo sixty four games to come online, 
And mm. how much is that to play a year? It's an extra. Is it fifty a year? It's fifty for the year, for the year, and you get you get Mega Drive as well, and you get the Game Boy Advance now as well, I think. And here's my thing, because we you talked about all you two covered amazing kind of new age things, right? Here's what I want all the time, no matter how new consoles get, is old games all the time, immediate access to previous libraries. Yeah. And I can say this about PlayStation as well, actually, with their thing, and I and I will. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what really annoys me about Nintendo is that they're sitting on the best classic catalog of any, because they're Nintendo. Yeah. They've been around since, like, 1985, making games on home consoles. I, I, this might be a little bit kind of embarrassing, but sometimes when, like, you know, big game announcements happen, I watch a couple of reaction videos, you know? Yep. People are going, yeah, let's go! It's Venom! And all that. I'm, it's just a modern... It's a thing we all do a little bit, at least, because it's fucking modern hellscape we live in. Um, but... but um, do you think makes reaction videos of our podcast? I hope someday. Oh, <laughs> someday. Cool. We, we need anyone to listen first. Oh. But I find like when I'm on the Nintendo side of that pond, because I really, especially when Smash Brothers was a thing, I really didn't have, you know, I really wanted to kind of connect people. Like, oh my god, yeah, Sora's in a banjo because I used to love watching reaction videos like that. I love Nintendo shit. But sometimes when people are just like, I'm like, yeah, oh, this is coming to the plate. I'm like, no, it's not enough for every three months for Nintendo to go. Here's another SNES game and a NES game and a Game Boy Advance game. They should. We should be sitting on a Smaug's gold. <laughs> full of classics games on the Switch and we're not and we should be on the same in the PlayStation 5 when I go to yeah. that cl- classics catalogue it's pretty cool yeah, I downloaded Ape Escape just have a whirl off it the other day and just to make us feel old classics also means PlayStation 3 and- yeah because <laughs> that, that was a long oh. long last time ago <laughs> but um, I don't know why Sony don't have all their goddamn games on it as well to be honest I think old media should be readily available keep doing like re-releases and remakes and that's great charge for that but I don't know why we can't just play uh ton of old games and i can shit on nintendo's online services um in multiple ways but that's my main one i'm just like no it's not enough for me to celebrate the fact that you're giving us pokemon snap and then in three months we'll get i don't know pokemon Don or, or, or exactly or something like that no they don't do gamecube game kids we won't oh. even get pokemon coliseum that's another thing why not why not do gamecube that's fuck old as well so that annoys me because I remember when the Wii came out twenty years ago. The virtual console was genuinely exciting, and I, I was at a I was at a place in my life where I didn't have all these old Nintendo games readily available. So when they did drip feed them on, I was like, I can finally play Super Metroid. I can finally play Earthbound, Earthbound on a proper Nintendo console. I loved it, but um, that was twenty years ago, like or whatever it was. Yeah, not not quite twenty. Was but, it twenty? No, the, yeah, no not quite. Like, but, um, <laughs> But not anymore. Come on. I think Nintendo's online service and they give us a Mario Kart DLC and it's cool to get retro Mario Kart tracks and yep. new tracks even. But that combined with their kind of lackluster retro games, I don't know why the people online are going, whoa, let's go. I, I don't know why we're kind of being sycophantic towards Nintendo unless they're obviously, you know, shills and they're yeah, worms, being, paid by, more being, worms. being paid by Nintendo, which is fine. You gotta, gotta, gotta make the, that box. I just think... I love Nintendo's games, and Tears of Kingdom came out this year. It further proof that I still think pound for pound they're the greatest developer of video games, still to this day. Um, I haven't been excited about excited about Nintendo as a, a business in ages, and I think this Switch Online, one of the Switch's legacies, that the Switch Online was a huge wet fart. Yeah, for this for its whole runtime, its whole um, shelf life. Which feels like such a massively missed opportunity. Like I remember even mm. playing Animal Crossing, uh, you know, going to visit. It just I was like, they could do so much more with this. You know, we're able to visit islands and things like that. It could be expanded so much. But I will say, 
because we've played a, a good bit of Nintendo Online together, I think. Fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Mario, Mario, Party on, Mario Party Online yeah. is always going to be a good idea. So Nintendo, like, just by and large, just by being Nintendo and having Nintendo games and being able to play classic games online with your friends and having a catalog of classic games, it's always going to be cool to some degree. But step back from it, it's just not enough. But yeah, of course, playing GoldenEye and Mario Kart 64 and Mario Party online is cool. It's fun. And me and my girlfriend, Fiona, we haven't done it in a while. Uh, Fiona loves puzzle games. Like, she's really yeah. good at them. She's, like, shockingly good at Dr. Mario. It's no, it's really annoying. Because Dr. <laughs> Mario, I think, is the hardest yeah. of all of them. Maybe not Tetris. Tetris might be hard to master. But she's really good at them. So, like, when we were, like, you know, separated and not living in the same place, that was great to be able to go online and play. Because I, you know, we tried to... I love playing games online with you. I, I do. But no, it's, this is this is a kind of a segue. Let me let, let me. We're gonna be insulted here, Kevin. Right. Right. I'm just kind of going to say to the fact how you try to get me to play like shooters, like um, Destiny and stuff like that. I love playing. Hold you down with a gun, like. I love playing. No, I, I'm just trying. I know, I know. I'm just trying to emphasize one. I love playing retro fighting games and puzzle games and and like you know stuff like that. So I think that's cool that we have all these SNES, NES, Game Boy, N64 games online on the Nintendo Switch. I do think that's inherently cool as a fucking Nintendo twat, but not enough. Just not enough. More, 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 more. Can I ask you a question then? And it's just, mm-hmm. just, you know, might be a really simple answer here for this. Let's say, Liam, okay, uh, we're in the future, five years <laughs> in the future, cool. and the PS6 is out, and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they're going to call the Xbox, uh, whatever it's going to be called, and they have the exact same exclusives, right? Okay. The exact same price. What one do you buy? Mm. it's an interesting one playstation yeah me too it's very interesting what would you give would you based on the current gen technology yeah playstation i think there's there's two sets of next generation consoles at the moment but there's only one next generation controller and that's the the dual sense they have gone way above and beyond with that and if like if this hypothetical ps6 was to iterate on from there There'd be no comparison. Like it, it's just it's 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 a better way to play video games. What's that film with Jack Nicholson understanding Tom Cruise is like you know a few good a few men. Good men. I think Marty kind of a yeah, few good men just there. Yeah, that's it. We done. We fit. We 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 actually it, it was, solved it. Yeah. Which, did Marty just win? Yeah. No, it was a gotcha moment. <laughs> oh, and even though we're only talking about video games, there was gravity to that. I kind of felt it. I felt like he got yeah. me. I was standing. Did you order <laughs> yeah. the code red? <laughs> <laughs> But I think, to, to circle back to that, I like to think, anyway, I always follow the games. I think I do. I always follow the games. And the yeah. fact that I'm a Nintendo fanboy a little bit above the others, I've had every PlayStation. I adore PlayStation. But the fact that Nintendo has always been my thing is because I've always connected with those games the most. Um, but also, like I've said, you know, the DualSense with the PS5, Nintendo also, you know, you get the Wii, you get the Switch. The Nintendo consoles to me are just more exciting when they're coming out yeah do, do they la- do they usually stay exciting for the six years they're on the shelf not unless you're yeah. the nintendo gamecube with a handle on the back of it <laughs> that's a really fair point actually i think the most excited i've ever been for a video game console was the switch like, was it, like yeah. go- going to buy it and unpacking it yeah. like as an adult anyway okay, we can't be compared to being a kid but i remember feeling proper joy when i got the ps5 i was also very excited but yeah. just kind of felt like it costs a lot of money. It better be good. <laughs> yeah. That was more yeah. the thought there. Um, so that's a good point, yeah. So yeah, so what 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 conclusion, if any, have we come to? <laughs> uh, some video games are good. Play what you want. I'm yeah. kind of yeah, I'm kinda of a little bit 
not frustrated, but I'm a little bit kind of not scared. I'm a little bit not horny, but I'm a little bit. Come <laughs> 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 no, out of it, man. Because we kind of actually ended up covering abroad. Array of topics there, so I don't know if I'm going to name the episode even doubly so since the beginning. The beginning. Sorry, we'll, we'll figure it out. Just we'll say Google, Google Stadia is shit because that is that is true. We didn't at any point have any pros to Google. I remember Stadia. I remember watching the announcement for Google Stadia on my phone, going like, "Oh, it's happening! Everything's changing." I'm, <laughs> such, I'm so easily led, like with, 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 with stages, with stages, and like you know, presenters on the stage. I'm so easily led. That was and that was a huge presentation, and they yeah. put so much money into yeah. it, and they did nothing. I think they they bought like or set up several studios and went nowhere. But yeah, yeah. We're ending the episode now, but can I just say or ask, was it foolish to not talk about Steam at all? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it, it's not a subscription service inherently, yeah. so true, true, it, true, it's true. you know, it's a marketplace. It's probably merits a discussion in and of itself because yes. it, it is. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are other PC marketplaces or whatever, but like Epic and yeah, Steam yeah. is the big dog. Like it, it controls that market. It's so lucrative that Valve have stopped making video games. No. Um, yeah. So fuck Steam for that, but uh, yeah, it's it's the golden goose. Steam wishlist like controls my life. Like <laughs> I I will never tell anyone how many games are on Steam wishlist. It's really sad. Like Chained Echoes, you know, that game. Yeah. Uh, that little, uh, yeah. It's on X. It's on Game Pass. <laughs> oh god. Is it really? Yeah, it is for sure. I have it loaded up on Xbox. I'm playing it next. Unreal. Love this debate anyway. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Good end, I think. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And I, I think a little bit of a different flavored episode of Halo Clips. Maybe for Yuji Strawberry, that was strawberry and mint. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if that metaphor tracks. But um, but I think we got into the issues. At least he's not Marvel. singing. At least he isn't singing <laughs> the outro. It could be fucking worse. Look, look, look. It was a wild ride. Marcy, good, a few good mendos. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please join us next time. My name was Liam Sheehan. I was joined here by Kevin O'Carroll and Jonathan Marcy. And thank you so much. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye.